right, welcome back everybody to another show of Flyway Connections. Like always, my name is Chris. I'm here with my buddy Joe. Joe, hey, how you guys all doing for this episode? So today, excited in the shop of Damon Abair of Abair Custom Decoy Rigs. Um, kind of gonna be talking about uh, his rigs. I mean, I'm I'm in awe right now of your shop, uh, Damon. It's a definitely beautiful place. I really today? appreciate it. Took a lot of work to get where we at right now. Yeah, for the viewers, you know, the guys that will be seeing this on Instagram and uh, Facebook. I mean, from the mounts, from his massive decoy collection, from his call collection, from the the collection of paper shells you have back at probably the nineteen twenties. Oh yeah, man! It's, when I got in here, I was yeah. like, I might, my, I just lit up. It's definitely like, a waterfowl's <laughs> man cave. Yeah, well, that's all part of it. It's just not something. It ain't just all about rigging. It's just it's a passion. The whole everything about waterfowling is a passion, and that's why we do what we do. It's definitely definitely our passion. So, well, my favorite question to ask everybody, and you know, I mean, you hunt in the same areas down here in Louisiana. How's your duck season this year? Duck season last year was. For me, it was really good. I, I, I mean, I've seen a lot better years, but I'm not going to complain. The, the Lord really blessed us with, uh, I mean, we killed a good number of ducks, um, a good number of specks. It was tough. But like we was talking earlier, ringneck is the new mileage for me down here. And uh, I got good ringneck habitat. And as long as they're there, I'm going to keep shooting. Sometimes, but Be happy about yeah. it. Man, I can't even think like right now. I just yeah. I just keep looking at the rigs, and I'm, I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 tough. Um, this is something uh, that I definitely have a dream of putting in my house. Something get the get the uh, birds out, rigs up, all the decoys set up. So, what kicked your water? A passion in waterfowl. I mean, I, like, like, I'm taking myself. Like, you know, I, was, I grew up in it. You know, were you and your dad, and your grandfather, all big waterfowlers? My dad. So I'm I'm 47 years old, and I was born in '76. And in those times, the economy wasn't the best. My dad worked seven days a week, 12, 16 hours every day. I can count on one hand how many times I waterfowl hunted with my dad. And it's when I was older, I actually took him with me. The way I got into it, the farm we was living on, they were big duck hunters and got to be good friends with one of the kids my age and went duck hunting one morning. Took my dad to old 20 gay Steven side by side. I'm like, all right, y'all gonna have to show me how this is done come shooting like nobody else had their gun loaded green wing teal come in i jumped up boom first duck ever killed was a great drake green wing uh actually three quarters of a mile right here yeah pretty much in my it was in my backyard at the time and it's still pretty much in my backyard uh and i've been waterfowl hunting ever since been chasing them hard every yeah. single year a lot of my buddies that I grew up with hunting ducks, they don't give it up, and I'm still chasing, chasing them. Yeah, I know how that feels. Yeah, it's so I just kind of that because uh, a little bit off me is the reason I got into it was because of this man right here. 
Um, and people who are here to show that they probably heard. Uh, his wife don't like it. Yeah. Shot, <laughs> from the boat to the guns, his shot, shotgun shells to my kids' waiters, to my waiters, to deep boys, to. Um, but I love it. I mean, and we kind of talked about this uh, earlier. It's it's something I feel like the kids really, my kids especially, really enjoy because my my son. And again, I'm repeating myself. My son. I, when I take him out deer hunting, he didn't like me telling him, you know, be quiet. Don't talk. Um, they like to joke around and we've gone, my kids and his kids have hunted before and they're just bantering back and forth. It's kind of like, uh, you know, just like what buddies do. We, we do it yeah. in well, the, miniature, yeah, we just kind of, yeah. It's just, sports. There's about four or five hunts a year that blind on my Sherry and Klondike today was made specifically for kids. We bring the kids out. It's got a little kitchen in it. Mm-hmm. Me and three of my buddies will go. We don't care if we shoot a duck that morning. Yeah. It's for the kids. We'll cook breakfast in the blind, mm-hmm. serve up some breakfast. We've always killed a few ducks, and, and it's not about killing. It's about making those kids remember how fun Duck-ing that was. Yeah. It, uh, we try not to cram it down their throats. That way yeah. they, they always want to come back. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong, I like killing ducks. But some of those metal duck hunts, I didn't, we didn't kill them. You I mean, I got you're into right. it. I didn't. I shot at a duck. I, we didn't kill a duck. Yeah. And the first time I went out that that morning, <laughs> I went to his car. I was like, "Yep, bought this. I bought that." He's like, "What?" He's like, "I bought this." Yeah. Um, now, I, I think uh, we we kind of talked about this. I think there's smarter ways to do that, um, and that's why we kind of do this. Kind of educate the people, get into it, like. There's, there's ways to, you know, go the cheaper route, but, um, but it was, man, I, ever since then, I just been hooked and it's, uh, we've talked about it. It's like therapy to us. A lot of us, it's going What's out y'all's there. favorite part of a duck hunt? My favorite part of the duck hunt. I'm like the thing it's... that really, like you remember every single one of them almost. <laughs> me, me personally, it's going out with my my kids and not just my kids going out with my buddies and the the stuff that the stories you get from those from yeah. your buddies so uh, the, the picture is like oh you shot my mojo you, know what I'm <laughs> like, uh, you you did this or you fell or and my, my kids talk about to this, to this day they fell like three times in lacassine in the waiter so um but it, it's just it's those memories that they remember they don't they don't remember uh Honestly, I don't even remember too much of the, like the shooting. They just remember the, the, the stories of camaraderie. Yeah. yeah. Now I was about to say that. Is it give me? Uh, this is this is a segue to, the, to your product. Is my favorite part of a duck hunt is the morning. Getting to the blind. I'm putting the decoys out. You have a couple of buddies put your decoys out. And then once the decoy spreads put out, from you know my, my lucky ducks are out. I sit back and I'm blind. And you relax, drink a cup of coffee, depending on help. Sometimes I'll I'll hate you running. Yeah. Sometimes I I got I got a drink uh, a cold beverage here in Louisiana. It's in December, it's still 90 degrees. Yeah. And it's just that morning. And then you have you hear the sun, you 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 look at your watch, it's 15 minutes before shoot light, and then you you start hearing those wings. You can't even see them, but you can hear you just hear the wings, you can see the little outlines of the birds. Yeah. I'll tell you my favorite part of every morning. Like you saying, once you set up and you sitting there and the sun starts peeking uh-huh. over and rising and you hear those wings. 
That is my favorite part. It, and a beautiful sunrise that God created. Yep. It's I, just, yeah. it's amazing. I was just about to say that too. It's just like, I, that happened this morning because I drove from Texas this morning and that sunrise, I, I actually uh, took a picture of it. It was like, it was God's country we created. And that, that just, to me, it blows my mind. So just seeing that side and my, my kids even talk about that. And the, you, you hear those, the yeah. birds it's coming and you just hear them and you're like, oh, there it is. And I, I love it. It's uh, it's definitely addicting. Um, now, I'll tell you my, my, my least favorite time with duck hunt is that same morning. That rig? When my when they all tangled, tangled up. up. Yeah, he, and you see me, we, we call the, the Joe freak out. Oh, yeah, he freaks out. It's almost like uh, when you got siblings and you're growing up and you know, your, uh, your mom's yelling at your brother, like, ah, and you try to like, you're on, you're on pins and needles around your mom and, or your, your dad or whatever. And that's, that's kind of like, I, I was, I went straight to be quiet mode. And when yeah. I was helping, I was like, oh, here you go, bud. Yeah. <laughs> because it was, it was, and it was, you know, it was that whole mess of tangle was off of one pack of cheap. Yeah. Cause it wrapped around. Yeah. It was yeah. Cheap weights. I bought from Walmart last minute. Huh? Because, you know, someone busted up. I was like, well, Walmart, I know Walmart carries some, some deeper rigs. And yeah, next Walmart. thing I know is they're tangled up. And I'm on um, Happy Camp in the morning trying to untangle on a public land after we walked in a quarter mile. Yeah, I remember that because yeah. your back was hurting too. And yeah. you're, you're like uh, you're saying just... some unchristian things. <laughs> I was very upset. I was like, oh man. <laughs> but it, it was it was a good time. Uh, but that passion you have, you know. We all talk, it's kind of like the same, you know, it's that early morning, just you being with your buddies, your kids. Um, you know, if I'm hunting 90% of the time, I'm hunting with my kids, unless they're at school, my wife will let me pull them out sometimes. I, I get flack for that. Like, I gotta tell people, you know, uh, I, um, my boy's here with me right now. On Wednesday in 2015, He's not gonna remember what he learned in class that day, thirty years from now. He'll remember that duck hunt. <laughs> he remember that duck hunt. And educators yeah. out there, there we go. We don't. It's not we're not promoting. Yeah. It, um, but it, I, I agree with you. I think, I think that especially the generation now, kids need that. Yeah. So that's real life teaching. Yeah. yeah. That is. That, that's stuff that that's, that's a win or loss. That's something you can't get out of a classroom. Not, Sometimes. Not, yeah. yeah. No respect. School no disrespect court. to schools. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm bad with my kids. Like they, they got to get, you know, I'm going to tell y'all a story that I was in the eighth grade and I got expelled from school for spitting spitballs for <laughs> seven days. You know what I did those whole seven days? Duck I duck and goose on all seven days. Like that was the best time of one and only time I ever got expelled from school. And now I'm looking, trying to find out what am I going to do next to get expelled just so I can go duck and do something every day. Yeah, that's insane. So how did that passion you have turn into a business for you? I was at work one night and those original rigs I showed you up there, we had bought like 30 dozen brand new decoys and I was making rigs. And the thought just popped in my head, you know, you might be able to make some quality rigs, save fellow duck hunters a lot of money and still make a few coins, a little extra income, pay for, pay for the addiction of hunting. 
I threw it on Facebook and man, like 50 people, like within 10 minutes, I want 10 dozen, I want five dozen, I want 30 dozen. Like, whoa, time out. I said, I don't even know if this is feasible. I don't, I, it was just an idea. Mm-hmm. So I started sourcing out swivels, crimps, lead, and I started doing it. And uh, a year later, I come across the, um, the design that we have patented. I actually come across a design. I was making them and I did it wrong and I felt it. And I'm like, oh, that ain't right. So I was going to correct it. And then I looked at it and I'm like, hmm. So I made a dozen like that, started field testing them, showed a few buddies. Like, man, you got to patent that. It's so different. Like, it really makes a difference. I'm like, oh, man, it, I ain't going to get no patent on that. Uh, if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So almost the time, if you, if you make something and start advertising it, you've only got one year before you can decide to make a patent on it. And dude, I was in with, I was like within six or 10 days. It wasn't much time. So when I decided to patent it, it was time to go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> it was a long two and a half year wait to see if I got a patent on it. Uh, business was, I mean, People were ordering them like crazy. They wanted them. Reviews, five-star reviews. Man, it's the best rig we ever used. I'm not saying my rigs are the best, but customers, customer responses, they they always come back, you know. Uh, they handmade just about all American-made components, customer service. It just it took off from there. And it just added to the passion, you know. It's a grind. It wouldn't be for my wife. I don't know where I'd be now. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's yeah. definitely the bigger part of the backbone of it. You know, I work 14 and 14 in the oil field. So when I'm gone, oh yeah, That's she's right. in here doing, she can do everything I can do in here. Yeah. She, she keeps it going. Uh, if it wouldn't be for her, it, I, I really, it wouldn't have got to where it is now. That's a, um, any successful waterfowler, a waterfowler's wife is a very special person. If you if you are married to a woman and she tolerates you waterfowl hunting, you, yeah. you need to let her stick around. Yeah. You need to do whatever you can to make her stick around because she's definitely a keeper. Yeah, yeah, because it's I mean it, it is a different life um, coming from my background growing up. Uh, it's definitely a different lifestyle. You're a big game hunter. Big game hunter than. You know, dove, you know, here and there, but waterfowl is addicting. And, um, man, yeah, I, 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 I'm almost going to go in tears. It's crazy how much I loved it. It's, uh, it's a feeling that, uh, like we said, waterfowl therapy. We need to patent that. <laughs> but, um, you really can't explain yeah. the feeling you get from duck hunting. Yeah. You just got to do it. And it just it just gets into your system, and there's no getting it out. Yeah, and it's it's almost like you know some people deal with problems like whether it be drinking or you know working out or whatever. Like I feel like if I'm during duck season, I'm the happiest man alive. I'm just out there, and I mean it. it, The stress of the world that gives you, you go out there, you forget it. It's gone. Mind goes blank. It's peaceful to me. You ever seen Ramsey with a frown? No, no, he's always had. Oh, man, I don't want. 
And yeah, see, man, with a frown. It's but there is something, and you're gonna find this out about me. I got ADD. I, I go, I jump all over the place. And you tell me, you tell me to be quiet and shut up and slow down. But um, so the uh, we all went to the Delta Waterfowl Expo this uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, I actually had a curious question. So you, you got a chance to walk around. I did get a chance to walk around, not as much as I wanted. Yeah. Um, and all. Every time I'd go to walk around, I had more people coming to the booth. Uh, but yeah, I did get a, a decent chance to walk around. So what was some things that you saw there, there you know, coming out? Not really too new, but pretty new that you think that, hey, this is, I might, I might use it this, this, this season. <clears throat> Blind grass is one of them. Okay. Blind grass. I mean, I'll tell you a story about about blind grass. As a, I called them two days before. Called them on the Wednesday before the show. Said, "Hey, next week I'm gonna swing by. And I got a twenty by four um, skid blind that we kill hunt out of. I'm just, I'm tired of cutting grass several times every 16 days in a 16 day season to rebrush it and make it blend in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I'll be around. So I never got to meet him in person and heck he's 20 minutes down the road from me. Yeah. So I go all the way to Little Rock, Arkansas and he's got a booth set up there and I get to meet him in person and we like, Never figured we'd actually met in Little Rock, Arkansas when we lived 30 minutes away. Um, I really like blind grass. It's tough, it lasts. Realistic. Yeah. It's very realistic looking. It it is gonna save me a ton of time. Um another thing that I liked uh, Higdon come out with a did y'all see the uh, that snow goose decoy they had that snow goose decoy they had that flapper yeah I think that is a big game changer uh, definitely definitely would like to see that in a snow goose spread yeah I, I saw that one and the one uh was a lucky duck had the other flapper, but yeah, we it weren't it just so the listeners uh heard that truck. I, I think it was right. Yeah. And uh, it's funny though, duck is a small world. Yeah, you know, everyone knows everybody around there. Pull yeah. up a chair, bro. Yeah, yeah. 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 Talking about that, it's crazy too because the guys from uh, actually guys who make the can- those canvas back waiters, the full body waiters, they, they live like literally. 20 minutes away from where I grew up. Yeah. And I was talking to them and found out, I was like, oh, wow. And their, their warehouse is in Grapevine, Texas, so it ain't too far from me, so. So what happened then? You were going to introduce yourself, bro. Rash Connor. No, to the show. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I tried on those waiters. Yeah, what'd you think about I really like them. Yeah. So the waders I wear now are made out of that same breathing material. It's it's light. It's very light. The only thing I don't like about them, and I I mentioned this to them, I want them to make a stocking foot wader just like that. So y'all hunt like I've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. You wear boot foot waders. Mm-hmm. Go to stocking foot waders, dude. You will be like, oh my god, I should have done this. 
years ago. Well, see, I remember back when I was younger than him, the neoprene stocking waders, the Bella made some. That was a, that was a thing back in the day, and you'd wear your, your an oversized um, waiter boot. Well, waiter boot. I wear a waiter boot. Boot foot. You get in that mud and it sucks you down, mm-hmm. dude. Your energy level. Yeah. It it just it wears you out. It's so heavy, and it don't get cold like it used to. Yeah. Those stocking foots are just they yeah. make it so much easier on a man. That, that's the way to go in the marsh. Yeah. And if they would, if I told them, if you make a pair of stocking foot, I'm, I'm buying. Yeah. I, I, like, I like them so much. I, I bought them. I bought, I bought a pair. Um, like I, I, I use for a long time, I use the Cabela's. Uh, and those, I don't care when they said, I don't care what the price is. Those things last me. I mean, they, they were good ways, maybe the pair I had. And I didn't have too many issues. I, I ended up doing. Uh, um, I had, at the end of season last year, I did get a seam, but I put that, uh, the stuff you put on your neoprene. The flex seal? on them. So yeah. I've had a few pair that I've flex sealed. And it, it'll get you, it, it always got me through the season. It never lasted. Yeah, forever. My thing is, I got long legs. And when I get in that marsh, if I can stretch them jokers out and get a five foot span. <laughs> yeah. My thing is neoprene always bust them right in the See, and that, I'm the opposite of you. Getting out, that, that, was, getting out of that, that was my thing with the canvas, <laughs> the canvas back waiters, because I'm all upper body. You know, I, 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 you, if you look at me, I, I look like yeah, <laughs> like I'm all. So getting shirts, you know, my shoulders it just it just feels tight. So I always get this hole right here. The seam will rip here. And that's what I was worried about. And we had talked about it. That's why I was worried about the those canvas backs. But they, they flex. It was really good. And I like. I really liked them. Um, and I may not have had the exact right size on. They asked me my size. I told them that's the one thing. But right here in the thigh and the knee felt a little tight on me. Yeah. I like when I order waders, I always go two sides bigger. Mm-hmm. That way, if it is really cold, I can put something warm underneath it. And you just you, I don't sweat as much in oversized. Um, they they not yeah. You get some airflow. Uh, but yeah, that, I I think it's a really good product. Um, a good rainy day. That's definitely what you want to be wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like the actually uh, other buddy. You didn't get to be on the show. Uh, Sharp, our other co-host. Uh, he got a pair of the jeans. And he really liked those, so I mean, we're we're actually pretty excited about it. We all got different waiters this season. We were gonna kind of do a review after the season and see how it goes, because uh, you really don't know until you put them through that. that. I think she and some really good waiters, and if they hold true to their lifetime warranty, mm-hmm. uh, we all know, guys, customer service is yeah. what makes you a break. So we'll we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, but I mean, I, did you did you have anything that you had seen at the expo, Joe? That you? I mean, I seen some. I, I, I did stuff. like I did like the Lucky Duck. That's that. But I'm I'm just yeah, that's been out. Yeah, no, but I was that was um, the first time I because they didn't have it at the D, DU Expo. But I live right next to Texas Motor Speedway or the DU. Yeah, so I'm just right. I'm just ready for the two season. Yeah, right. I know you. Yeah, you're already picking up gear already for two seasons. That's actually pretty good. The back gutters already, yeah. <laughs> what you got that nowadays? Everywhere. Everywhere? 
I got a Cluckers, I got a Spec Venice 32, got a divorce for Shabbat Avail, whatever somebody needs, they're not paying the fuck Oh, yeah. He's a duck killer. I mean, I'll find a woman. We've got all of them. Yeah, it's just a small world, is what this place is. Yeah, it really is. The community. I, I just think the community in general. To see that you're, we're, we're talking about being this product, what got you into this product? Especially with the. Uh, Damon? Yeah, Damon. Yeah, it's a lot easier to pay him to make a release it than make him. Yeah. I've known him since I was probably that age. And I remember just talking to him, him being around, giving him money. He can't beat those. They never pay him. If they do, they come out so easy. I Look, guys, so. this guy's not paid. This is a paid customer. <laughs> <laughs> He's not sponsored. He's not sponsored or anything. He actually pays for them, and you hear it firsthand. They, uh, they last too. Yeah. Well, you, can, you can go to those ones that you get from the store, and you can just step on them. They suck right out. And mine, like in the morning, they stay out from the day opener to the day closes. We we had some big big bottles going. We get big wave. And uh, what I like about it is, is a variety of weights you can use. Look at some of these companies, you know, these bigger companies nowadays. You get one weight, that's it. It's one you know one design, one weight. They just change the weight. I get him to leave a, a little space in between my weights and my rig to where if I want to. The waves are real bad, and I know there's stuff coming, or if I'm on a hundred different line, I put them on a set of panels, tie to the panel, and I ain't got to sit there and finagle with it, just run it up through it, tie it to a panel. It makes it clip, but I always keep them on the panel, so mm-hmm. I got to do a little something different for them. That's what it's all about. Is Go back to that customer service. Back to customer <laughs> service. One rig ain't right for everybody. Now, like I've shown you the difference between a mushroom and a flat sinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to go to that mushroom because yeah. that's pretty much all you knew until I showed you the difference between that flat sinker and that mushroom. Which one you ended up? Oh yeah, the, the flat sinker. You know, flat sinker. <laughs> yeah, when you see that mushroom though, you think of an, a bone. Yeah, you think of yeah, yeah, it looks. It looks. Then you, you know, he's demonstrating. I'm like, I never, never would have thought of that. You also got to think with. Well, at least the one. Oh no, I guess I'm, I'm wrong. They do have some that come, but most of them have the holes in it, so when it's synced up to the boat, yeah. you can't see that mud goes over it. Yeah, and that's why it's made like that, so that mud can hold it down. But I mean, um, that, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you got to offer different types of weights and sizes and variation in shapes. Everybody likes something a little bit different, and that's what makes us who we are. We offer that. What's your number one, your most, uh, we're talking about rider? Because your average hunter, what's the average length, average weight, average style, style weight? So it's going to be a tight race before four ounce and six ounce egg sinkers mm-hmm. and 48 to 72 inch in length. A lot of people like to order rigs way longer than what they need them. Uh, you know, if you're a timber hunter on the Arkansas River, I get it. Yeah. I would definitely go 72 because one rain shower overnight, you don't know what you're looking at the next morning. Uh, a lot of rice field farmers, 
Bryce can testify to this. They was used to getting 36-inch reefs, the shortest thing you can find in a store. Like we was talking earlier, we like to hold our water four or five yeah, inches. Mm-hmm. You don't need all that extra line, you know. Uh, so an 18, 24-inch line is perfect for the rice field. And I really like running short lines. <clears throat> When we get cold weather, those ducks will just stack up tight and stay close to each other. You're on a 36-inch line. You can't stack decoys, but now they all that plastic clanking. Those short lines, you can really stack them nice and tight, and you're not going to have all that clanking. And now you're looking like real ducks when it's cold. Um, And, I mean, there ain't very many decoy rig companies that offer 18- and 24-inch lines. They starting to catch on. But there's been a pioneer to that. They, they start to see that. That's just like all the, the coated, the different colors. Also. If you look, and I'm not bragging guys by any means, but if you look when I started in business and when I started offering coated different color lines, when all these other majors started offering different color lines about a year and a half, two years later, I called hell over those colored colored lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, ducks are gonna see that in the water, and everybody has their beliefs. Yeah, but I'm here to tell you, if a duck can see a red line in clear water, <laughs> you should have done busted him. <laughs> yeah, he should have been dead a long time ago. I've got I've got drone photos in crystal clear three inch rice field water of every single one of those colors, and I promise you from 50 feet up it's almost invincible yeah like but yeah it, it, and that's a system you know we all we all duck hunters in here we all run the same decoy yeah he's got black he's got green you got blue he's got red and I got clear he likes to shoot ducks on the water and think decoys <laughs> yeah. Joe, you just have to, you just happen to have red decoys on and all your decoys are shot. Sorry, buddy. You know exactly who decoys they are now. You know, back in the day, we used to paint them or put our name on them. After the end of the season, that was all gone. Yeah. Now, when you can order a different colored line. You know who's the suits. Yeah, it makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. The marbles, the marbles, the marbles, the marbles. We get a line, like a green, that, that green in my cave, we get a green film on the people every year. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever wash all the people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like with a brush? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just loves to wash them. <laughs> it's funny, I've posted several videos of that on social media, and the people. They're like, man, that takes way too much work. It lasts. I've got decoys. I've got decoys that are probably going on, I'd say, 12 seasons on. Yeah. And they still look, I ain't going to tell you they look new, <laughs> but they are in very good condition. Good condition. Yeah. Now you, oh, I think Don Bishop. I use the works toilet bowl cleaner. Really? Hmm. So, especially on my drapes, I cannot stand a pintail or a spoonbill that's white. Yeah. To not be white. Yeah. I bought that decoy for the white. Yeah. Yeah. I want that color. And so many times I see it, 
I mean, they they still gonna work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still gonna kill ducks over them, you're but you're not to gonna have that eye popping contrast from yeah from far from far out. Yeah. Black and white, that's the main colors yeah. that you want, and I that that's just why I wash them you every only, single year. You know, healthy at the beginning of the year is flat, no gloss, clear enamel. I'll spray my decoy. I'll spray them. I'll probably do two coats of it. Let them dry in the sun. Just to protect it from sticking. It's, it's from that green film. I can, that green film doesn't stick. You know, sometimes that green film gets in the pores of the plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a little rattle can. Mm-hmm. Clear, and it, it's a clear, flat, flat enamel. No, I mean, doesn't put any extra shine on it or nothing. I just yeah. like keeping them clean. Being a guy who restores them separately, they were faded. Mm-hmm. But he didn't use it. He used like a mat and uh, it was on Popped them back to the. What does it look like? And he's breathing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's what I've been doing. This is the last couple of days or like weeks. All my speculability for re, re, uh, repainting them and redoing all that. See, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty bad at that. <laughs> I ended up doing it last minute. But I'll tell y'all another little trick. So we store all of our decoys on the farm. It's on the it's just a wing on the shop and the spider webs and dirt daubers mainly. Mm-hmm. They like to get up in the neck of a decoy. You wash them and now you hang them. And now you go to deploy them and you got this big old wad of dirt when you knock it off. It leaves yeah. a big old dirt spot. I learned about three years ago, just had an idea popped in my head. <clears throat> Took a 50, uh, like a 40 gallon trash bag, the real uh-huh. big heavy duty trash bag. And unfold it in half and take a pair of scissors and cut a triangle right in the center. Mm-hmm. Run the carabiner through there, drape the trash bag over it. I got a cable I ran from pole to pole with a uh, buckle to tighten it up. Yeah. Hang them on there, tie a knot at the top of the trash bag and at the bottom of the trash bag. Now nothing can get in there. Hmm. Come duck season, they look yeah, they nice and clean, no dust, no dirt, no cobwebs, ready to go. And you just, you said you cut a hole right in the middle of it and that's to put the decoys yeah so how the trap bag comes folded up most of them are folded in two unfolded in half where it's just half of the trash bag then at the bottom right in the middle just cut a triangle and now you got a hole right in the middle you run your carabiner through it run it down your line tie a knot top and bottom yeah keeps the spiders and dirt daubers out of it I'm gonna do that. And it's cheap. Yeah. Get the dollar store brand. Yeah. Spend 15 bucks on trash bags and now you don't have to rewash decoys. Mm. Well, that's what I'm doing. So I don't have to rewash decoys. I, I'm, I'm bad. I'll do it. I'll, other stuff. I'm bad at that. I mean, what, everybody has that thing that they're bad at. What do that's you think fun. you're bad at? I can clean my shop, man. Scouting. Scouting. Yeah. I work. I mean, I don't have time to. When I was in the army, I didn't have time, and now you know, I retired out of the army, saved government contracting. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I think it's more my time now. I put my contract. (laughs) I put my suit up and. Yeah. Do you have something? You seem pretty squared away. Yeah. 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 This place is. (laughs) There's things I'm bad at. Uh, 
I'm bad at devoting time in certain places where I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly family, and that's something I've learned with this business. So, the first year I was in business wasn't too bad. Uh, the second year, I'd be laying in bed at night and somebody would message me 11.30 at night, hey man, I need five dozen. And they'd pay an order and pay right there. I'd get out of bed and come make those five. I could not stand the order to be on my books. Yeah. Like, I gotta ship it tomorrow. It's gotta get out of here. And over time, I learned that I cannot keep everybody happy every single day. It's just, it's yeah. too much. There, you know, and we, it gets to where sometimes we two weeks behind mm-hmm. and it just, it rattles me. Like it, it gets on my nerve. I'm like, you know, I'm a little a, ADHD. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I mean, y'all see my shop. Yeah. I think it's cluttered as heck right now. <laughs> and everybody else yeah. walks in and like, dude, yeah. this is the most organized shop yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you say And that. I just, I like things nice and neat when I finish with them. <laughs> I'll put it up. I know where it is the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and over the course of running this business, I learned, hey, come five o'clock in the afternoon, it's quitting time. Yeah. Now it's time to spend life with my wife and kids. Yeah. They are they are more important to me than this business. Oh, yeah. Hands down. So people don't like it, but it's business. I mean, how other how many other companies do you know that you can send a message to them 9 30 10 o'clock at night and they're actually going to respond or answer yeah. the phone mm-hmm. at least i do that now yeah. i'm not going to get out at midnight no more and go make your order unless you're a very close friend to me and you're running a guide service and look i'm i'm really in a bond yes i'm going to make it happen yeah but just on the average tomorrow's another day yeah. i'll, I'll Every day we grind it out from seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the afternoon. Every day. That's something Ramsey told me one time. He asked me how do how does your love with your kids spell love? And you know, L O V E means no T I M E time. Yeah. He was like, you know, love is a word. The time, the time you spend with them, the time you put in. A minute lost is a minute you will never get back. And I think I think I, I, I and he I know he does this a lot too. He brought Joey here, um, and I usually bring my son. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my two oldest ones, they had already had uh, plans to do some stuff with their friends. So, you know, I, I I don't make them do anything. You know? That's right. Um, when I when I was very younger, you know, I, I did, my oldest son, you know, I did the whole like, oh no, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this in football, you're gonna do this in baseball. Now it's like my, you know, you live and learn. Um, but with my youngest ones, you know, try it out. You know, like it, we'll, we'll go next year. Uh, we'll go, you know, and my, my youngest ones recently, I'll tell them, yeah, whenever you want to go duck hunting, let me know. You gotta wait, we're going to wake up early. And they, they, they're not old enough to shoot, but they'll just go out with and they love it. And I think that's what gets them instead of forcing them to do it. And then I'll tell them, I'll wake them up. So you still want to go? No? Okay, go back to bed. Or if you want to go? Yeah, and they'll, they'll get there. They're already, my sons, they love putting on their, uh, I don't got waders from, but because I got the I got the, the boat, but they love putting on their little uh, hunting boots and putting their, their sweater on, and then uh, actually Nathan, I buy him a little toy shotgun, so he goes out there like he's shooting. But <laughs> mine are the same way; they like coming and the night before. Hey, y'all want to go duck hunting in the morning? Oh yeah! All right, go get all y'all's clothes ready, laid out, mm-hmm. and wear, <laughs> and I'll I'll go wake them up. Hey, you still coming? 
And it, there, I can count on one hand how many times they went back to sleep. They yeah. boom, spring right out of bed. Now on school morning, it's totally different. Yeah. They won't get out of bed. Yeah. We going hunting or fishing? They they yeah. getting up. I think my I think Damien he started just wearing this stuff. I sure yeah. like yeah, he just wears this he just wears this stuff and goes. I to wear my clothes and I beat him up. Hey, <laughs> he won't beat me up. Yeah, he'll he'll just wear his stuff out and get him up. He's usually the one that uh, he'll want to go, but then doesn't want to go. It's like uh, yeah, the last minute. Uh, my daughter, she's a, she's a she'll go. She she likes going. You got some little ones now, Bryce? Yep, I got a little one on the way. He'll be here in a couple weeks. Yep. Oh, man. Congratulations. Thank you. It's the first? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Get ready. <laughs> we got one already there. Uh, I got I He's got a handful, too. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> He's he, a likes to, he likes to shoot stuff and burn stuff. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, the hardest part when people on. Um, you know, I was with the older kids. That's with the boys. We all—I got a lot of boys, and I'm with the boys. What? Gonna be here in October. You know, everybody, like, oh, you know, the babies are the hardest ones. No, <laughs> it's trying to keep them alive from the age of ten to eighteen. Yeah. Some of some people go, "What are you doing? Like, don't do that. Don't don't burn that. Don't shoot that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that can kill you, right? <laughs> I, I will. I will say I agree, but I think uh, with Nathan. He's, he's the one that he'll jump off the dresser. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and he's he's about to be four. His birthday is actually next week. And he, he does, it's just, it just blows my mind. I don't know why he does it. He just, he'll jump off a dresser. He'll jump off, he'll jump uh, from one coffee table to the next. And he, like, just parkouring in my house. Like, what are you doing, boy? Like, stop. Your mom's going to kill me. He's, I can't tell you how many nosebleeds he's already done, guy. How many. And uh, just knots he's gotten on his head, like Broken he's gonna have like, he's gonna have a football head here soon. So and it's but I mean he he just doesn't like he just loves doing it. He just loves yeah. it. a little a little yeah. Just, yeah. You know, it's, what's funny is we sitting here talking about our kids. Our parents used to tell yeah. us the same thing. You don't need to be doing like yeah. this. Yeah. I was gonna hurt you. Just payback. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was, I think for us, it was, uh, when I was a kid, it was like, I guess wrestling was in the late 80s, early 90s was like a big thing. So yeah. Like WCW, yeah. WCW. It was. And I, I, I got some stories to go oh, with that. Yeah. We used to just, just each other, boom, power bomb and my, my older cousins, because I was the smallest one, they'd pick me up and they just <laughs> throw me like a rag dog and like, knock the wind at me and, you know, you get that. And there were like, yeah. three boys and two girls in my family. And my two youngest brothers, we all had single beds in one room, so we'd put them all together, and that would be our wrestling. I body slammed my brother one, my my middle brother one day, and broke his collarbone. Oh wow! I got my butt tore up. Oh yeah! It wasn't a week later. We was wrestling again, and I dropped. (laughs) Flew off the bed, and his head hit the dresser. And put a big old gash in his forehead. Mom brought him to the doctor. He had to get three stitches and he had a concussion. Yeah. It wasn't five days later, they had a hurricane coming and we evacuated to my aunt's house and she had triple bunk beds. And that's when the metal ceiling fans were still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he got scared that night and come to the top bunk to sleep with me. Hit the ceiling fan on the opposite <laughs> side, <of the> <laughs> and got another concussion. 
Now they go back to the doctor. The doctor turns in a report to child custody services. Now yeah. they're thinking my mom was beating my poor brother yeah. the whole time. The fan beat him up, and we just play wrestling, and yeah. he gets beat up. Yeah, that was fun. Funny yeah, <laughs> call. Yeah, we used to do that. I think one, probably one of the ones that. I, um, my mom almost did. Yeah, yeah baby got to. I got. I can't, tell, I can't tell you how many. I can't tell you how many times I got shot waking up, crying my butt out. Boom. But um, my brother, we, we played catch out in the front yard. My mom had like trees, and uh, I guess before I went out, I went inside, got a drink. They were playing with a hammer. My little brother, and he, I guess he threw the hammer up in the tree. It was old hammer, you know, the wood handle. You can't. I, was, I can't see it up in the trees. Um, and uh, he ends up throwing the football getting stuck. But when I was a kid, it was, it was small enough where you could shake. Well, <laughs> next thing I know, I'm waking up on the ground. And the first thing I do is I look at him and I he just books it inside. He goes, Mom! And I ran after him. I, I, was, I was so upset. And then what got it made it even worse is I had to go to school for uh, two weeks with a horn. And everybody's asking me what like what happened? Like it's just and it was it was the biggest, it was the awkward horn I ever got in my life. It was it was it was a horn. And I remember because they were, it, they were like, you look like a retarded unicorn, because it was like off it was offset and it was it, it was it was rough with I got him back. I, I, I'll save that story for <laughs> what I did to him, but um, but yeah, it was it was it's it's crazy what you go through when you're kids, and like you said, we all did it. It's insane. Now, what got you in the decoy collection? We're, we're all talking. Yeah. So three or four years ago, <laughs> the first god at hunt I ever went on was in Kansas. <clears throat> And calling in ducks and the, the guide's dad, which he helps guide too. Like, man, that call sounds really good. What is it? Said it's a Primo's acrylic winch. I wish I could find more. Like, the acrylic winch. Yeah. You can't find them nowhere. Yeah. I bought it at a store in Portonberry. They had six of them. I wish I'd have bought all six. Said, you know, he said, I might have some in the church. I just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other. And I'm thinking, man, the church, what? What's this guy gonna try to do when I get to try to <laughs> talk me into going to church more or, you know, preach Jesus down to me? Uh, we'll just, and I'm that kind of guy. I just kind of let things go. And then when I need to step up and stand my ground, I do. And I'm pretty easy going. So we can get back to, get back to the lodge and, Everybody kind of settles in and we clean birds and they visiting. Let's go see if we can find that call in the church. Well, I didn't know, but the whole time he owns a house, he owns a whole city block. It's his house in the lodge, and on the corner is an old church house. I didn't know the church house wasn't in business no more. Yeah. <laughs> church house built and moved on, and he bought the church house a store. Yeah. Y'all ever watched American Pickers? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we go in this church house and it's just like American Pickers. There is some of everything. Clothes, old 45 records, vinyl records, 
old baseball, just anything. The only thing they didn't have in there was automobiles. Yeah. So we go through this maze of all this stuff, and one whole back corner is nothing but waterfowl stuff. I immediately, like, when you walk in my shop, like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. yeah, old antique decoys, antique goose decoys, just a bunch of old, neat hunting stuff. So, you remember the old wooden suitcases? Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. like two yeah. and a half foot long, 18, 20 inches deep. Mm-hmm. We used to get on like right on down the staircases of two story houses. <laughs> yeah. He pulls out one of these full of duck calls. Oh, wow. That old boat that's in there? Yep. That's where it comes from. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. So we went through there and didn't have one. So there's a few old calls in there that I tried getting from the first year. So what about this one? Is this something you let go? Uh, Dude, just like American figures, I'm telling you. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I can let that one go. So, ended up leaving with one duck call here. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a start. Mm-hmm. I went back the following year. <laughs> well, the following year, I remembered some of the old decoys he had in there. And some of these decoys, they would they sell them in lots. You got to buy the whole lot. Or yeah. I'm like, that's good. I, I like keeping a pair of every every one. So I'll keep a pair and the rest I'll throw back on eBay or Facebook Marketplace and I'll just get my money back. I won't make no money. If I wanted one pair, I'll pass them on to somebody else. So I, I got a few decoys and I remembered what he had and didn't have. So some of the extras, I brought them with me on the second trip. And we did some horse trees. Yeah. And I started thinking, all the decoys you see in here is from the 70s and 80s era. My era when I started waterfowl. Yeah. So what you see is what this when I started rep waterfowl on. This is what we had back in the day. Yeah. The people that had G and H decoys back in the day. With the rich people. Yeah. That was the decoy. That was like the most up-to-date sought after decoy back in the day. So that was sort of my my passion for these antique decoys. I, I think the big decoys we ran back in the early nineties when I started running was those deeks. The rubber, those hard rubber <coughs> deeks. The hard ones or the inflatable? Well the inflatable ones, but they were that thicker rubber. Yes, I've got several of them. Actually, I've got a bunch of extra ones that y'all want some for a select. Oh, yeah. I've got one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We brought a few. You're like 20 something. I've been 28 feet and I've been 20. Oh, man. It's baby. Now, coming back then was a lot different. This is what would happen with others. They would, they would sunrise all the time. You live in There's no way you couldn't, you couldn't fix them. And then, oh yeah, they start cracking. Tell you how the sun does start cracking on the bottom. That was a kill. Oh wow. That's them right there. Yeah, that's them. 
don't know if you know this, but this thing right here, if you pull it out, yeah, loud. Push it in. Mainly pintos. Mainly pintos. You got you got uh, carved ones. I do have a few wooden carved ones. Um, the wooden carved ones are over there. Oh, that was that. That was that. It wasn't a whole lot of. Uh, People were doing it when I started hunting, but there wasn't a lot of wooden core decoys for sale on the market yeah. in those days. Uh, last year when Mr. Dale Borrell came to yeah, we hunted over his wooden decoys. Dude, that was that was awesome. Yeah, he is an interesting man. Yeah, he, he is. Does you know, him and Dale, uh, Dale and Ramsey come and they they asked the same question you did, what got me into it. And they brought up something that I never did. I'm going to do it this year. Like, man, you ever take any of these decoys and hunt over? And I never give it no thought. But this year, I promise you, I'm going to kill some goats over these decoys. Let, yeah, let me know. I'm going to record that. I would love to know some of all of them, you know, just yeah. pick some out, throw a simple rig on them, kill ducks over them. They'll still hunt. Oh, I promise y'all kill ducks over them. Yeah. Yeah, you so know, we, we looking at all these little decoys and talking about them. And they, the only difference in those decoys that are something, man, those paper and shade decoys, I bet they. 60, 70 years old. It's all about catching the hunter's eye nowadays. Yeah. It's all about marketing, you know? Well, uh, uh, here now, hunts us more than they hunt some birds. That's right. It, no, it the realism they put in decoys now is awesome. Is it needed? I, I, I would say no. The way I the way I kind of look at that is if I'm hunting a very small spread, I'll go with pretty realistic realism decoys. I'm a numbers guy, yeah. So out here in the rice field, I'll run 1,500 blocks mm. on 80 acres of flooded field. Man, there's been times where pintails come over a mile and a half high, and within three minutes we done killed them. Last year in the rice well, we had, I don't know, how many little jokes we had? Like, and black. 15, 20? Yeah, we were just throwing them out there. Just about numbers, dude. They yeah. see that big body of water and all those little specks. Like, we come and check it out. Yeah. I mean, Catahoula, to this day, they're still using coast walks. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, little jokes. And in black. <clears throat> There's a guy, he's a drug rep. He gets all those empty bottles of hydroperoxide. Mm hmm. Yeah, a lot of the good drug Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I've rigged up a bunch of peroxide balls and I hate it. Really? If you ever run peroxide balls, you gotta buy the bottle and the cap separate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you go to screwing those caps on there, you better wear a pair of gloves. Really? It will eat you up. And I'll tell you another thing, before you screw the cap on there, get you some silicone and make you a bead. 
Because if not, over time, they will come unloose and sink. Same. There's one outfitter right here local. I did 1,800 bottles one year. I could have went and robbed a bank the next week because I didn't have no fingerprints. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, yeah. I think we got... <laughs> yeah. But those, those peroxide bottles, um, they'll move. And, yeah. yeah. That's what we use in the, in the rice field. I was on out of Kinder, I pit out of Kinder. When the wind comes, I mean, they move just as good as any motion people. They start, they, they took no wind to get those things going. Little these. Was that pit by the high school? Not far from the high school? Um, no. It was by uh, that club, wasn't it? Yeah, but. Um, by. Uh, Yet, but um, we, we're trying to get it to where he comes back every year. No, Ramsey, that's the start of Ramsey's season every yeah, year, till season. Uh, normally, he'll start in Venice, and that just starts the trail till season all the way up the coast. And then by that time, North and South Dakota is starting to open up. He'll head up there and just kind of work his way down. El Campo was really good last year. So I never hunted El Campo. That, that's where that, uh, that, that MWR I'm going to be hunting at this year. Yeah. By El Campo. So I'm going to hunt over there all those Texas too this season. Uh, I forgot what the. JP told me. JP from Duck Camp Dinner. She's the one that told me. Because he lives down there in Texas now. But he was telling me Them Texas boys are hurting right now, man. They uh no water. No oh yeah, water. that's right. I was no, cutting water off a of rice field right now and they transferring from the rice fields to duck ponds. Mm-hmm. Well hoping they have enough water. Yeah, I was talking to uh where I went to go get all the marine next last year. Them ponds are they're just going but the thing about why it's so scarce for them, a lot of those uh Farm those those farm ponds they're all their water source for cattle their right. water source so that's what that's what's hurting the cows right now the cattle is like cattle they're hurting. not deep from us down here yeah it's, people down here for 
We should give twenty dollars for they're giving sixty dollars, oh, yeah. and they're hauling it over there. Oh, yeah. One of the ranches where I work at has a uh, he has five five water holes for his cattle on a fifteen hundred acre ranch, and I probably talked to him in February, and he had to lower his pumps five hundred feet to get back in the water table just so he could water his cattle. Yeah, it's rough, especially that right now it's going on with, uh, I would say, all of Texas, really. It's it's crazy, because I was talking to him, and they're... they're California's in that position, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's crazy with, I mean, I don't know, I kind of think it, I mean... It might be a good thing for us being on South Pole. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Someone, someone was saying, we were, we were talking about a church, and they said, and they were talking you know, about water levels, and then in my head, I want to say, oh, you know, guess what? My pitch, yeah, my pitch are going to have water, <laughs> no matter what. This is just my prediction for this year. I don't know if y'all noticed the weather pattern change this year at all. Yeah. So normally, <clears throat> normally coming around, about the middle of the end of March, Bryce, we get a big flood. Mm-hmm. It's been like that for the past eight or ten years. Yeah. Normally, we'll have a very wet spring, which I wouldn't call it spring. We go straight from winter to summer. <laughs> not, this, year, not summer. <laughs> this year, we actually had a spring. Mm-hmm. Like the humidity, it stayed, it stayed very comfortable and nice. I would say all the way in probably the first or second week of April until our humidity hit in, which is really, oh, dude, man, I can remember times in February where it's 90 degrees and humid, 7 o'clock in the morning, you're already soaking wet. This year, we actually had a spring. Summer came in and it was dry. The last dry summer I can remember was around 2008. 2009. I'm thinking this year we're going to have a wet and cold winter. And they are in predicting above average snowfall all the way down to Arkansas. That's their prediction. Yeah. If that happens, I'm here, boys. If that happens, Louisiana <laughs> back in the hot. Yeah, I'll be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it gets like that down in you know, Texas on that side. That kind of always awesome. It's optimistic, though. Every year we talk about it. may or may not happen. I can guarantee you one thing. Whether we have ducks or not, I'm still chasing. Oh, yeah. Like, every yeah. morning I get out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't care if I got to shoot wood ducks. I'm just going to put a base in the Every morning they put a base in the Yeah. I mean, I shoot with them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I mean, I shoot coots. <laughs> so, you ever two get each other and make a Yeah, uh, Jason told us about that. Yeah, yeah. we take a couple of fries. This was coot about that. Yeah, Joe has a little. Uh, he doesn't. He's not. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll see. I'm we'll see if we get him this season to eat coot. Well, here's the thing. I talk to him. Tell So when they shoot coots, first thing in the morning, trying to shoot coots are really little. We're not shooting coots until 10 o'clock. Everything in the morning, we're, I'm sure. Why not? They don't care against you living. Well, yeah, we start, start beating up on coots at first light. Guess what's not coming in? Those ducks. Yeah, yeah. But if it's slow. Yeah, if it's slow, yeah. So at 10 o'clock, <laughs> Especially your kids, let them have fun. Yeah. They're paying you to shoot, they're not paying you to sit in the blind. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I mean, you gonna you gonna limit out on cruise this season? After ten o'clock. That's our final season. You gonna actually eat them this season? You gonna try? Yeah. What like, you gonna try? Yeah. Good. He ain't had it. I don't think you eat a red cruise. He ain't had cruise. He ain't had cruise yet. I've never eaten the breast though, but I mean, I've eaten the breast. The breast ain't bad. I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, people take it, we don't throw it away, but. Yeah. I think the only one I didn't even eat, I didn't even eat the one that uh, old Gilbert hit that again. Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't even eat the I mean, I don't know, what was it? I think Jason was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess. They make a better mouth than they do table food. Yeah, the managers. You know, when I was on a lot on the East Coast, I mean, the Carolinas, I knew I some guys that they were the Ganders. Yeah, they were the Ganders. The Hood of Ganders. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I think it's just like Jason said. Uh, y'all, y'all, y'all know Jason? Or no? Edible Outdoors. He's out of Louisiana. He, uh, like, he, he came out of Louisiana Outdoors uh, magazine. Yeah, he has an article. There's an article every month of cookies at Louisiana Outdoors. Outdoorsman or something. I don't know the magazine. But he uh, and he was talking about cooking Ganges. <laughs> I, I would try it. I'd try anything. I was on willing to bet money that you brought it to your house on camera. Yeah. You can cook it with other jokes and you ain't going yeah. Oh no, no. I I know because when I first moved to Louisiana, uh, I went out fishing. I came back and I think I, I went to one of the deck shacks that got here, and uh, not here up there in Deritter. And uh, oh, y'all went fishing? I go, yeah. The lady, she goes, I was like, yeah, it's just number guards. Like, oh, you keep those? I'll show you how to cook it. I was like, guards? Like we never? I mean, we eat catfish, we 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 eat uh, crappie, we eat. Uh, I mean, everything else, but. Bar was never like in my head, you know, you don't think, but living in Louisiana for a while, you're like, you can make anything taste good. <laughs> Have you tried gore yet? No, I haven't got a chance to. She told me how to cook. She even wrote down her recipe. She said, come back at a certain time. I, I went down because I was curious what to put. She wrote down the recipe. I still got it. I ain't, I ain't cooked bar yet. You know, going back to those merganders, it's just like any other game. It's the way you prep it before you cook it. So last year was the first year that I ever went shoot uh, dark geese, you know, giant Canadian yeah. and, uh, and cacklers. And you hear people, oh, man, those things are so nasty. I don't know why anybody would shoot them. Those jokers are bloody. I'm telling you, yeah. you got to bleed them like a deer. And that the group that we that went, that's what we did. We rested them, put them in the ice chest yes, yep. about a week and a half. Just keep draining the water, draining the water. Mm-hmm. Man, you can take that out, season it, and cook that like a steak. Yeah, dude, it's phenomenal. Like yep. my wife don't like wild game, and I did that. She's like, ooh, that was good. Man. Yeah. Start grilling that more often. Yeah, you know, and even in a gravy, we we've chopped them up and yeah, like you do. Uh, like a pork gravy or a beef yeah. gravy, you know, we put them down like that. Just you got to prep them. Yeah, last year I told you last. I saw 
freezer full of yeah, we went to Oklahoma and killed a bunch of them and we made sausage out of them. Yeah. And that was really good. Yeah, a bunch of guys that make snow goose there. That's a Yeah, I like snow goose. People look at me, I don't mind snow goose. Man, I can take a snow goose and cut that in fingers and marinate that. Yeah. I can have that and deer backstrap side by side, and you're not gonna know which one is which. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm gonna have to. Good. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I've had a little bit of witchcraft. Yeah, what was I like using milk and Tonys and mustard. Yeah, with a little bit of Worcestershire. Yeah. That milk actually draws what blood is left well, in yeah. there. All the enzymes in it. The I, I use mustard for everything. Though. I, I, I base mustard in everything. When I smoke a brisket, yeah. I like some mustard. I mean, no, I, mean, I eat this. I, mean, I eat snooze. It ain't, I mean, I'll tell you, it ain't a speck, but it's good. Oh, man, speck is good. Yeah. Speck is that's, good. Probably, that's probably one of my favorite things <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that, well, actually, that's what I did with the one that uh, you got last year. Uh, he graciously uh, gave me a, a spec, but uh, yeah, that's why I did. I smoked it. It was really good. I, I smoked mallards. Yeah. Mallards. Actually, what I'm going to do this season, um, there's this thing. Uh, it's, it's big in Texas. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's like, I guess you say Tex-Mex or it's like, it's a, it's, it's a, a Mexican dish too. It's called Descada. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you make it in a disc uh, on a, on a, a burner. And you put uh, chorizo, you put all kinds of stuff in there. And I'm actually think they, I'm actually thinking of putting duck in there this season. I'm gonna try that out. And I'll uh, just talk about three last thing out loud, sorry. Yeah. What was it, what was it, two years ago? Right up here, we killed um, in our rice, we killed a bunch of snowbills and we killed mallards. We came home and we, we cleaned them and we did a little table, you know, me and my uh, neighbor. And uh, I'm, I'm the only one who knew which was which. We cooked them, I cooked them up both the exact same way. We need a blind taste to label. You know, everyone liked the spoon or the mallard. Oh. But one of uh, my youngest, he's like, I can taste the difference. I can taste the difference. And we, everyone chose to go, that's a mallard. That tastes the best. And now we're, we're jumping on food. It was all spoon bill. But it's crazy too, because people are like, oh, we gained meat. Because I've got this with people when they ask me about, you know, Deer, like a hunting squirrel, or whatever it may be. You know, how you cook it? You cook it like anything else. I made uh, duck Alfredo last last year, and it came out good. They loved it. Yeah. Duck Alfredo, yeah. duck, duck tacos. Oh, yeah. And it, if you season it right, make it good. You can't tell. You can't tell if it's <laughs> if it's a, a skirt steak or it ain't. No. <laughs> We're gonna try it though. Frog fettuccine. Frog fettuccine. Yeah, so good. Just frog. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that spot down the down the street. You tried it? All right, yeah, we're good. Yeah, it looks good. Is frogging big in Texas? No, or not where I grew up. If you go more East Texas, like Longview, Jasper, if you got the density, the size. Yeah, they don't get that big. Where I'm at, I'm in North uh, North Texas, uh, so. You yeah. come to me, you need to get with. Yeah, I'll get with you. Oh, no, I definitely need to come make a trip. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I, I when I moved to Louisiana, I, I had uh, this is actually the first time I had frog. Oh no, I, I had frog legs, but it was at a, a Chinese buffet somewhere in Texas, and I had it here, and I fell in love with the way it was cooked. And I, I just can't, I can't. I, I love frog legs, and it's hard to 
hunt frog legs where I'm at. And I, I told myself every time back, I'm like, I'm down here and start digging. So. And you don't have to get wet with him. I thought he was full of shit one day. You become <laughs> just like you are. I'm serious. Oh, okay. He'll drive me up on the side by side, put it in there. He's got a custom bag. Put a net over top of it and you hit it in the net and he'll put it in a bag and you never move when he just keeps driving. Okay. I thought he was full of shit because we've always. Oh, I, got, you know, I definitely. Tennis shoes and shorts. When's, when's the best we time to do that? To get them June, June. I'm gonna. I, I'm definitely gonna make a trip. I doubt. Yeah. So I went. What's today? Today's Friday. Went Wednesday night, and we caught fifty in about an hour and forty five minutes, and that's slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time of the year, water getting really low in the crawfish ponds. It just the water gets hot, starts getting stagnant. They don't like that. They like nice, cool, fresh water. So where do they go at these ones? Canals. Canals. Um, some rice fields still have water in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a rice field's nice and shaded over. Typically cool, cooler water. And they'll, they'll move in those rice fields. Yeah, I definitely got to do that. Now, know the most from that. <laughs> if we still have water in the right in the crawfish pond, crawfish ponds, and we get some good rain, which we've been getting the last couple of days, yeah, it'll get right again in those crawfish ponds. Well, it's supposed to get some rain this whole week, I think. Right, this whole week's supposed to rain. I mowed around crawfish ponds two days ago, and we got four inches of rain yesterday. Mm-hmm. So this weekend probably. <laughs> Might be a couple more hundred frogs. <laughs> but this, no joke, you go 10 minutes that way to the interstate and it goes to shit. Right yeah. here in this area. I mean, I, I, feel, I, I feel like it's just a, a lot of places too because, I mean, growing up we saw frogs, but when I moved down, when I moved to Louisiana and moved to the area, like, no you see it, they're like, the look, this is like, like a small, like a, a cat. The the, the, no, I'm talking about like in this area. Yeah, the lights and the frogs—they're tiny. No, I see. I seen some big ones. Not like, not like huge. That was in this area a month ago. Oh, yeah. 136. And he catches 236. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on a slow day. <laughs> Talk about this area duck hunting, right? I grew up hunting the rice fields. We all, you know, we're all rice hunters. And you know, when I started this show, everyone talked. And when you talk to people who don't really hunt or they talk about their dream hunts, everyone's everyone's always talks about Arkansas and that, that that timber hunt, right? You know, no one ever goes. You know, you know, let's go to a rice pit hunt the rice field. Which to me, I've hunted Arkansas. I've taken them to Arkansas. Our favorite thing to do. We, I, I love the rice pits. But in the last. You know, hunting the rice pits in California, Arkansas, down here. Never hunted anywhere else. And then the rice fields. You know, there's just, you know, there's a little bit of changes. And, you know, talking to Bill, you, and everyone else, what's changed with the rice field, the rice pits down here in the last 15 years? Everybody ain't going for water over here. There, there are several things that change. So, crawfish industry got big down here. Right, rice isn't worth no money. Farmers make their money on crawfish. So when all this no-till started, Bryce, you can go along with this. 
when no teal started, we still had a bunch of ducks in crawfish ponds. I used to kill the piss out of them in the crawfish pond. Now, it made it tough to hunt because you had fresh pulled levees. There was nowhere to hide. I'm like, how am I going to get to those ducks? I mean, there'd be thousands of ducks in there. There's nowhere to hide. Where are you going to hide? And then I, it clicked in my head one day. So I made a table, a short table, about 18, 20 inches tall. And I put a laydown blind on it. <clears throat> Just about any crawfish pond you go to in October, November, December, January, you're going to see muskrat ducks in it. Yeah. All over the place. Well, I grass that thing up just like a muskrat hood. Mm-hmm. Every morning I get there, throw fresh water on it. So now the straw is all nice and wet, just like a muskrat now. And throw maybe nine, nine decoys a dozen at the most. Just kind of not even in a pattern, just pretty much close your eyes and do a circle. <laughs> and however they land, they land. And man, they just come right in. I figured it out. As time went on, <clears throat> you still had people that would set the crop. So they'd plant their first crop, flood it up, fertilize it, cut the second crop, and then now it's time to flood the crawfish again. Yeah. So you actually had cut stubble that water would show. And as the winter time went on, that rice would come back and hit. And come duck season, those crawfish ponds were at full pool. And that water was right at that head of that rice. Yeah. So they had a great food source with water. And farmers typically don't mind ducks on their crawfish pond. Mm-hmm. The, ducks, the ducks don't eat out the stubble, they just eat the seed. Mm-hmm. It's when the geese get in there, they'll eat the stubble down to the ground. Now there's no food for a crawfish. Yeah. So as time went on, they learned that you catch more crawfish if you don't set the crop. So all this rice we cut now, we cut it one time, treat it just like you're gonna second crop and they'll, they'll pour the coal to it, fertilize it, mm-hmm. get that stuff growing back. So now by the time ducks start migrating here, that rice is back knee high, yeah. uh, uh, knee high, waist high, and come the end of September, we'll normally put the first flood on it, which angled about two or three inches deep, yeah. just to keep that ground moist to make those crawfish start coming up. So by the time ducks migrate here, that rice is so tall, it may have 18 inches of water on it, but you can't see the water. Yeah. They don't, there's, there's nothing in there for them. They can't see the water. The rice is so tall that they can't get to it. They just, they bypass it. Mm-hmm. And if the geese get in there, they shoot them out. I mean, when, when they start circling, they go on under and, and shoot them out. So over time, that's what eventually caught up to us. Uh, is why a lot of waterfowl don't come here no more. Which we still get a lot of waterfowl in the state. Yeah. I mean, the harvest numbers show that. Um, another big thing that hurt us is sugar cane. Sugar cane got real popular. Yeah, in the capital. Yeah. Vermilion Parish, Acadia Parish. You know, that used to all be rice fields back in the day. And um, in winter, a lot of waterfowl. And the, the sugar industry, sugar, were money. Yeah. That. I mean, the former swamp, too. 
They just trying to make a living. Yeah, 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 no. You have the food table something. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was a conversation we you yeah, actually brought up. We had we had we had, we had brought up about the whole shit. But I mean, you're right. You you got you to make a living. Another big thing is in the early nineties, um, they had organizations that would actually pay farmers to flood every acre. They could flood to winter waterfowl, and those programs aren't in place like they were back then. You know they. They kind of moved up north because that's kind of where waterfowl went. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna say I don't think winter affects the migration. Um, I can remember a bunch of years we stroked in short pants and crocs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was phenomenal season. That was hot as heck. But I don't. I wasn't big into it then. And can recall what was yeah. the winter like up north? Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. have that uh, data. Now I know people do have that data. I can go back and look it up. I just I don't know. There's so much has changed in yeah, Louisiana that yeah. really not in our face. It's crazy how many like how much that conversation has, and it's like everybody has like their theory and their idea, and then it's, it kind of kind of goes to the same concept. Like why move? You know. The food that well, the, the, yeah, the geese popped up. Yeah. soared for us. Oh, yeah. Well, you the that report you sent, remember? I mean, the numbers that they put out of yeah. Louisiana was getting higher. higher than what Texas, and yeah. it was crazy. And no, I thought, what's the goose population? No, I'm ducks. On ducks. On ducks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, so I was they, like, so the way they do it, though, you're right, but they do on what they call the 10 year average. Mm-hmm. So, DU, Delta, they do a yearly average or a seasonal average, which, yes, but you can't, you, it fluctuates so much. So, on a national level, they do the 10 year average. You're the National Wildlife um, yeah. Game. Oh, my little big acronym for it. I have the, my phone. They do a 10 year average. 10-year average, yes, in the last 10 years, how many ducks were harvested in Louisiana um, was a lot higher than Arkansas. Arkansas wasn't even number two. Yeah. It was Texas, California. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look at it. It was Louisiana. No, no, it was Louisiana's one, California. And it was either Texas, Arkansas, or Arkansas, Texas. It was was Texas, Arkansas. Yeah. Which blew my mind because... I mean, I get, like, I feel personally, um, and again, I'm, I'm kind of, I didn't grow up hunting in waterfowl, and I had buddies that grew up hunting waterfowl, but it was like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't introduced to it like, like y'all were, and I wouldn't tell him, but um, talking to the, like, like the older uh, older generation that still hunt the areas I hunt, they talk about, like, it actually going down in Texas, yeah. from what they remember. Um, and places where I'm hunting at now, um, a lot of it is also just structure. Uh, they're building a lot more in the Dallas, Fort Worth, North, in the Texas area. And you see, that's another big thing here is there's subdivisions going up everywhere that used to be rice fields, um, and not just ducks and geese. I mean, people complain about coyotes getting their cats and dogs. Oh, yeah. And hey, you moved. You moved to an area that used to be a forest that was home to a coyote, yeah. Yeah. and now you're in his backyard. And yeah, he's trying to survive just like every other. Yeah, animal. yeah, that's what they're complaining in the neighborhoods that 
I, I live in now because when I grew up, the house where my mom lives at, everything, and I just kind of painted a visual, in our backyard was pasture land. It's miles and miles of pasture and cattle. I mean, I used to jump back there as a kid, and, you know, just go over there. And I don't care what anybody says, cow tipping is not a thing. And things are, cows are fast. Uh, if y'all know, you ever chase one. They're fast and they can get mean too. So when we were kids messing with them, I just stayed away from eventually. But, um, and, and I, anyways, um, luckily my, uh, my stepdad knew the, uh, the owner who owned the stuff. He's just kind of, yeah, I just get go home and hear it. But um, now all that is homes. And there were, there used to be ponds there that I do remember there was ducks, but, you know, it would never interest me at the time. And now all these ponds, they still hold ducks, but you can't hunt them because there's no ducks Now these ponds are holding local ducks that stay there. They feel safe. They're not getting pressured. Why leave? They're getting fed by the, the, the people who live there. Mm-hmm. being bred. It's, it's funny you it's said crazy. that. So we hunted... Lacassine two years ago, the year the groundhog came down. We stayed with us for a while. Well, we went, we took my mom to the Bayou Rumbasilla uh, last year. Yeah. So we went and we killed her. You know, we're hunting Lacassine, we killed our ringnecks. Uh, we called the new Louisiana Mallard, we killed our ringnecks. And then we showed up early, waiting on my mom and my wife to come down. We just to do the Bayou tour or the Bayou uh, the run tour. Yeah, work around on the side of the plant, the pond in the back of the stage Getting mallards and gattles, and we were changing and we we're looking. And I was like, man, it was filled. And then we walked right up to them. Those ducks didn't give them rats. You know what? Well, they, man, it was all, it was all, it was all gray duck and mallards that stayed in there. Well, you, there's a there's a study on a, and I'll have to look it up. There's a study where, and I think actually I think we talked about this. They take a man, the same same size man, same guy, in regular street clothes, gets the dust. Friends, he gets right friends. into the dust. Gets right up to the dust. They put him in waders and camouflage. The dust. Yeah, he know he did it with Kennedy's. It was friends in. No, it was a different one. I saw yeah. it with dust. Yeah, but it, it's it, and and. It so makes smart. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're smart. Yeah. They're definitely smart. But, um, but that, that's what, that's what's crazy. And then, and then they're they're making ponds. And now, especially the area I'm at, a lot of the older gentlemen, they, they they're starting to move out. I'm moving further away from the city's pushing. It makes a little refuge. Yeah, it is, and they don't want to leave. Well, and that comes back to you know this younger generation, and it just they ain't ducks like they used to be. They're still ducks. Mm-hmm. You, you just got to work for them. Yeah. You know, duck, duck season really never ends. Mm-hmm. Where I'm going to take y'all today, you know, Bryce can tell you how much work I'm doing out there. When I got that place, it was horrible. And now it's starting to, it's starting to get right for waterfowl again. You, you, you got to, <laughs> you've got to put in your time and, make it that waterfowl wants to be on your place. You just can't go hunt the same pit every day like you used to be able to yeah. back in the day. It's a non-stop process. Well, let's go. I'm going to ask. I can't. I don't even want to leave this place. Yeah. Before we get towards the end. Yeah. So guys want product. And I'm going to tell you generally, ladies and gentlemen, you want this product. It is amazing. People don't buy. It. I mean, and Flyway Connections is not sponsored yeah, by. We're not sponsored we by have no, no. We haven't got no, like nothing. We're yeah. just great company. 
I mean, I love this place, and it's Waterfall has a small population, yeah. all of the same people, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a family, people. so it's yeah. like you get you get a connection. I mean, uh, hanging out, Bryce walks in, we've hunted before, <laughs> so I, I trust the guy. You know, when he's coming here to spend his money on these products, when you, and switch this day and age, you can hop on any internet and get anything you want in the world from anywhere in the world delivered in two days or same day delivery there's a reason why you know people are coming here and getting your rigs but for, you know for the viewers if they want the rigs how do they find you to get, get your rigs I'm on Facebook I, I have a personal Facebook Damon Abair I can be reached there we do have a, a, a Facebook site Abair Custom Decoy Rigs LLC Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can call me, 337-580-2338. We just about always answer the phone or a message. If we don't, within the hour, you will be contacted again. And we also have a website, abearscustomdecoyrigs.com. You can order over there. Uh, it's very simple. Yeah, I wanted to say I call it Mike Jones. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, sorry, I just think I'm not, uh, But yeah, it's, um, yeah, definitely check them out. And does Abear have the, also their personal social media, like as far as Instagram, Facebook, that they can follow? Yes, they can follow us on um, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, Abear Custom Decoy Rig LLC. Uh, customizable anything you want Texas rigs long line game rig drops jerk rigs if it floats we make a rig for it and we can customize it any way you want just gotta reach out to us and explain to us what you want mm-hmm. we'll make it happen yeah I mean I can tell you right now it is a true custom rig we, we pretty much just right here before the show started designed a rig for a swimming decoy yeah, we use like that. Like that. <laughs> Literally like that. Just tell me what you want and I can make it. Yeah, it was just a I saw y'all doing it, it was like, oh, this is a swimmer. Yeah. And I, I got intrigued because we all had we we have we had conversations about this and about the swimmer. I'm glad we had your mind here to kind of help us with the experience you got. And I, I love talking with uh, the more experienced uh, generation. Like, you know, in this industry, every just about everything we have, we all want the best shotgun. We all run custom uh, calls. I'm sure, I'm sure you have a custom call, probably from different people. That every, everything is yeah. customizable these days. Why not customize your rig? Yeah. Why do you want to spend a lot of money on decoys and take a chance of that thing floating off? Have the right rig with the right application sinker on it. That way you guarantee that decoy is staying where you put it, where you want it. I mean, I'm sure we've all hunted a river before and decoy goes floating down the river. Middle of the hunt. It just goes. You hunt with three decoys and all of a sudden, now you're down to... Okay. Yeah. yeah, you know they. Oh, we gotta get in the boat and go chase that decoy down. Call me, tell me what you hunt. I promise, I got a rig that's gonna hold your decoy in place. Yeah, definitely check them out. I, I don't. I don't want to 
in this place. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm uh and you should you probably shouldn't have invited me because me and Joe are gonna be here when the season starts every day. <laughs> but uh no uh we'll, 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 yeah, we'll probably I would promise we won't bug you. You probably get annoyed after a while hearing us bicker about uh nonsense. Sports, yeah. yeah, sports and uh, I kinda I kinda uh lose when you get into duck hunting bickering, but we'll bicker about other stuff. So. Um yeah, y'all check them out. Uh, Joe, you got anything before we go? No, hey, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, uh, y'all. Yeah, it's really like, I appreciate you taking time to be on the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, like always, I want to thank Bound Honor Outdoors for what they do for our service members, veterans, and first responders. Uh, check out TRD, support the flyway movement. Uh, use promo code TR, or I'm sorry, no. FWC22. And uh, get an extra 15% off on your next uh, product. Like always, I have a good one and let Valen out there.